Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Well, welcome to the Share Chair from Fruitport High School. Today we have with us senior student Rachel Cole. Rachel, thanks for being part of the Share Chair Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great. What? Um, so maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Like a lot of students start telling us about their family just to kind of get us going here. So. Yeah, I have. I live with both my parents. I have two sisters. One's in tenth grade, and the other one's in sixth grade. And I've gone to report my entire life. This is where my dad's actually part of the school board, so we're very closely connected to Fruitport. Yeah. Now, did your dad go to Fruitport schools also? Yes, he did. He went to the same elementary that we went to, and we're, my grandparents live just around the corner, so we're all, our family is very closely tied into Fruitport. And, and that's kind of a, a, like a pretty unique story about uh, Fruitport, right? That, that happens to a lot of families, right? Like multiple generations stay in the same uh, town, yeah. and uh, there's some great things about that. So, great. Uh, is your mom from Fruitport, too? No, she's not. She actually was raised in Grand Rapids area. She went to Kentwood High School. Okay. But so West Michigan too. So yeah. great, great. And uh, you mentioned your sisters. Uh, are you pretty close with your sisters? Yeah, we're very close. We are active in a lot of the same activities. We spend lots of time together, especially now that my sister's in high school, when we're part of an activity that ranges through all the grade levels, we're at the same activities. Uh, you're a senior. And what's that like? What's that like being a senior? It's crazy. It feels like the time just flying has flown by, and I was just a freshman a few weeks ago. <laughs> and also the fact that COVID's around, that also adds another level of craziness to it, that this isn't what I expected it to be like at all. Yeah, there, there's, there was no senior homecoming this year, right? I mean, there was kind of a homecoming celebration, but not this, you know, yeah. The normal stuff and powder puff, you know, and maybe we'll still get to do some of those in the springtime. I heard that we might be rescheduling some of those things and fingers crossed prom can can occur yeah, and stuff hope. like that. So, well, uh, well, I know that I've heard your name for years in the building because you have this reputation of being a, a stellar student. But I didn't get to know you until this year when uh, you were in the KP chemistry class, which I teach. And it's been great to have you and uh and see what a great student you are and that your reputation was well earned ahead of time. So uh, what are, what's your secret? How, how do you do so well in, uh, in school? I, I'm, my parents have instilled in us a strong drive to achieve high academic um, ratings, like to have high academics. And so it started from an elementary age and that's just where it got ingrained into me. And I feel like I don't want to necessarily say it's natural to me because I definitely have to work for it, but it's definitely a lot easier for me than some students have. It. So by hearing you say that it's a, it's a priority to your family and you developed good habits. Yeah. And you've made a, so you have a good habit, it's a priority, you'll do well. And because of your habits, maybe some things come a little bit easier, but, but I definitely know you work hard, right? Yes. To, to get the grades and then you take tough classes. Um, so what are some of the what are some of the harder classes you have this year? I've this year I'm taking a total of four AP classes. I have AP chemistry, AP physics, AP statistics, which is actually a class that's not offered at Fruitport, so I had to take it through an online platform, mm -hmm. and AP literature. 
Wow. And then and you took AP calculus last year yes. as a junior. So holy smokes. So what? What's why? Why? Why would you take those hard classes? What's your goal? What are you hoping from those? I, in third grade, I learned what my dad did for occupation, which was a mechanical engineer. And since then, I've wanted to pursue a career in the STEM field. And that's why I've pushed myself to achieve those higher classes and especially AP calculus and all the math topics so that I could pursue an engineering degree and hopes to go to Michigan Tech. Gotcha. So, so you want to uh, use these, the material you're learning, you want to use in your career. Yeah. And, uh, and now uh, will uh, Michigan Tech, I heard you say, some college plans. Is Michigan Tech pretty good at, at giving you some college credits from AP scores? Yes. I, so th that would actually maybe save you some college tuition money down the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and explain oh, that. So okay. maybe some of our listeners don't know what AP uh, programs are. So maybe in AP pro programs are college curriculum. It's based on college courses. And it's a more rigorous paced class that you take. And then at the end of the year in May, you have the option to take what's called the AP exam, which is a very long test about this entire subject. And you get ranked on a scale from one through five. And based on your score, different colleges give you college credit. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, you're taking a college level class in high school. And if you can prove yourself that you've learned material on this test, then the colleges uh, have agreed to give some credits for that. So, uh, yeah, wonderful. Now, what, uh, besides your academics and your homework and your schoolwork, I think you're involved with a lot of things in school. So, Rachel, that's an impressive list that you're involved with soccer and band and student council at NHS. But I also heard that. It sounds like you have leadership roles in a lot of those, like like your NHS secretary, did you say? Yes. Your student council president. And in a band, did you have a leadership role in band? Yes. So my leadership roles are mostly in marching band. Last year, I we have what's called the leadership team, which includes section leaders, drum leaders, and leadership team members. And last year, I was the flute section leader. And then this year, I was one of our two drum majors. Yeah. What uh, draws you to those leadership uh, kind of positions? Like, why do you do that? Or um, Back in elementary school, we had what was called a leadership team, which began in fourth grade and was for fourth and fifth grade. And then also we had a leadership class in middle school that started in my sixth grade year. So I was part of leadership team in elementary. I was on, I was, took a semester of the leadership class twice in middle school. And that sort of just like instilled in me the leadership qualities that I noticed in myself. And I wanted to make sure I could bring those to others and help others improve and myself improve through those leadership roles. Well, well that sounds great. Sometimes people say there's natural leaders, but there's certainly some training that, you know, and, and uh, that could be done with that to, uh, you know, emphasize that. But I used the word qualities. You said some of your qualities. So tell me more about that. I, I wonder what that means. I often what my form of leadership that i like to have because there's many different ways that you can be a leader mm -hmm. the way i like to lead is by example and i'm the first to do i don't want to be the one that stands on top of a pedestal and says go do that go do that i want to be down there i work 
and then others will follow. And also another way that I um, attack leadership is I lead through asking questions. We actually had, as part of the leadership team, we have what's called leadership training. It's a two-day camp. This is part of the band or yes. part of the, okay, the go band, ahead. Marching band, leadership team. We have a two-day camp called Leadership Camp, and we watch multiple videos. And the submarine captain that we watched one day, he said, lead by asking questions. You, not one person can know everything to do, but each person knows something to do. So have those people think, and you can help guide them to what to do by asking directed questions. Lead by asking questions. I like that. Tell me this too. I would imagine that part of why you're a good leader is you seem to be pretty pretty well organized. Is that is that a true uh, yes. thing about you? So I think that's a, an important part of leadership is you got your ducks in a row, right? You know schoolwork at this time and you have to carve out time to do your online AP statistics and things like <laughs> yeah. that. And so uh, that's that's great. So, uh, well, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in today was talk about robotics. I mean, a lot of kids from different schools might hear this, uh, this you know, conversation, and they've heard of BAN, and they've heard of NHS, and student council, and sports. But Fruit Park's pretty unique, right, that we have a well-established robotics team, and a lot of schools don't. And, or if they do, it's kind of on the newer side of things. So tell us, uh, tell us about robotics in general, and then maybe we could talk a little bit about your season coming up. So Okay. So robotics is a program that leads, uh, is focused on creating people who can go out into the STEM field with knowledge of how an actual company is run. Because the way we run our teams is as if we're a company. We have marketing, we have media. We have our mechanical side, our electrical side, our programming. So FIRST strives to make sure students are prepared to go out into the workforce. But also they want to make sure that students, FIRST is, their big phrase is, it's more than just a robot. What, what do you mean FIRST? FIRST, oh, sorry. FIRST is the name of the program. There's multiple robotics programs. We have Rex Robotics. We have FIRST Robotics, which stands for for inspiration and recognition of science and technology. So that's just not a, a Fruitport acronym. That's for the whole yes. league of com there competitions. Is, it is stuff. an international group that runs. There's multiple different countries. We actually have gone to do competitions in Canada before. So it's all over. First in Michigan is what's considered our region. And it's very big in Michigan. And so uh, it's interesting because I, I knew that you compete, right? You build a robot and you compete in some kind of competitive game. I don't know if I'm oversimplifying it. And every year the game is different, right? Yep. And, uh, but there's a whole other side of it. Like there's, like you said, with the marketing and, and some of the other things that gives a full picture of what a company works and runs yes. like I, I, I not heard that part about robotics at fruitport right the robotics is a major time commitment yeah i mean i know that you think of like oh the football team has long practices or the wrestling team has to watch every calorie they eat right or uh other you know clubs that have major commitments but i think robotics might be like number one on the list i mean you have 
hours and hours of practice every day. You have to try out to make the robotics team, right? Or yeah. I don't know, trial is the right term, but there's a there's kind of an application process, yes. right? And uh, so you were involved with so many other things. How did you uh, get into robotics when there's so much of a time commitment? So uh, am I right as a big time commitment? Yes. So talk a little bit about that. I know we've talked about that a little bit, but. On the time commitment aspect, yes, it's very, it's a very large time commitment, which is sort of what our application process is about. We don't, our intent is not to turn people away. It's not like a tryout, like you have to be good in order to make it on. It's again, to add to that real world feel, because in order to get a job, you do have to create an application. And so with the application, we have a few days before you're, it's actually decided that you're on the team. And that's, we go, we have one meeting a week for those days. And it's to see, can I actually do this? Do I have the time in my schedule to make this work? Because in build season, which runs from January through March-ish time, it, we only have two days off in the week. We have Monday through Thursday, 5.30 to 8.30 practices. And then Saturday, we have 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. practices. Whoa, you have eight hours of practice on Saturdays. This is during build week. This is where you're building your robot. Yes. And then after build season, so, uh, you start to compete season? Or what do you... Uh... Yeah, so we have build season from January to February. And then we start... Um, competition season, which is, I believe, six weeks. And these are competitions at the end of every week. And we only compete in three competitions, one out of region and then two in region. And, and those are like all day Saturday events or are they sometimes two days long? So Thursday is our setup day. Friday, it's all day of um, competition. Um, competition matches, and then Saturday, all-day competition matches, finals matches. Wow. All right, so it's fun hearing about the robotics, a major time commitment. Are those competition days a lot of fun, like everyone's got smiles on their faces and stuff, or is it stressful or a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both, but I'd say more on the fun aspect. It's it's a whole community, and it's fun to just be around others that are interested in the same thing as you. And you're not just talking about from your own team. You're talking about the teams you compete against? Yes. Yes. And one of the major aspects of FIRST that I feel is so unique is the spirit. We have an award completely de dedicated to spirit. And you see teams up the stands, they have all sort of crazy outfits, pom-poms, numbers held in the stands because each team is recognized by they have a specific number. And the cheering, it's just, it's a crazy and fun event just to watch the stands. They got, so that is, again, the full aspect, not just the competing. So um, great. Well, I think I've kind of followed robotics from a distance. Uh, I've watched videos of this, and I've seen that every year the robots compete in a different kind of task or game. I've seen one where they had to retrieve, like, elementary school recess balls and put them in a basket way up high, right? I saw one where they were shooting Frisbees across, trying to score goals and they could be blocked. Another one where you pushed boxes and collected boxes, right? And uh, and every year they come up with something different and creative, right? Yeah. And so um, maybe you could tell us about uh, one of your seasons. Give us like a play-by-play -play of what the competition was like for one of your past seasons. Now, I know last year because of a pandemic, the season was cut short, or was it just canceled it last year? It was cut short. We cut had short. only two weeks of competitions that ran, and then they cut it off, and they decided to replay last year's game for this season. Gotcha. So you're redoing the game 
with the same robot this season, or yeah. it's a similar game? Uh, your coach is trying to tell me a little bit. Like there, it's not exactly the same rules, but it's kind of yeah. similar. It, the overall gist of the game is the same. There's a few minor tweaks that if you weren't to actually in like very detailed, like read through the entire manual and know exactly how the game is played, just from a stand view, most people probably won't even recognize the changes. Okay, well, why don't you pick one, uh, pick a season that you think the listeners would enjoy hearing about, like try to do your best to describe what the goal of a robotics game was. Okay. So. One of my favorite seasons that I've participated in, because there is a favorite game that I had that I wasn't part of, would have to be Deep Space. That's the title name of the game. And what grade were you in for that? I was in 10th grade. 10th grade, okay. So tell us about Deep Space. So that season was unique because all levels of first were on the same overall. They were sponsored by Boeing, and it was all space theme. All levels of game were space themed. And so our season was called Deep Space, and we had to place what was called cargo balls, which were like um, elementary orange um, recess balls. Recess yeah, 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 balls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then also what were called cargo hatches, which were these big discs with velcro on the edges. And we had to place these discs onto holes and then fill the holes with the cargo. So the hatches kept the cargo inside what was called a cargo ship and a rocket ship. And one of the reasons why this season was my favorite is they added a new element called the sandstorm, which was this black sheet that would come down in front of the driver's eyes in the beginning. And you had the option to either run your robot autonomously for 30 seconds like they have every year, or you could add a camera to your robot and drive using just the camera. For those 30 seconds. Ah, so I, I think that I'm following, but I'm having to really focus in because you're using a lot of words. So so uh, let, me have, let me see if I can summarize. So there is a robot and there's an actual a driver who has like a remote control, right? Yes. That that steers and manipulates the robot to do whatever the, the, the yeah. competition a, was. In this case, it was something with Velcro and balls and putting them in the right spot. Yeah. Right, and they have to gather these, I assume, right yes. around the around the competition rink or arena. And what's what's the term you guys it, use? It's called playing field. Playing field. Okay, and then there's a added component where they were blinded for part of the competition, yes. and uh, they could choose to build a, um, a camera can. on the robot, yes. to, so they the blindness was less of an issue. They could still yes. see at least part of the playing field through the camera, or awesome. they could run their robot with. It was pre-coded. The coders would tell the robot specifically what to do ahead of time, and the robot would have to run based on that. Oh, okay. Interesting. So choices have to be made in the design yes. development portion of the robot. Oh, great. Now, what? Uh, now, I also am surprised. Was was really surprised. Is it every season or most seasons where there's a huge collaborative? Like, it's not your robot versus one robot. Like you. Don't you sometimes get in like teams and your robot and two robots from other schools make a team and you play numerous competitions and you're always playing with and against different teams? Is that is that true? Is that That's sort of true. There's a few key things is so when you go to a competition there's like 40 teams there who all have their own robot. And first is a collaborative community and oftentimes we're helping teams um, before the competition helping them get their robot done, giving them 
help with their designs and stuff they don't know how to do. So that's one unique aspect of FIRST is we're collaborating with teams before the competition even begins. But then once we get to the competition, we have what's called qualification matches, where there's a program that randomly assigns your team to partner with two other teams, so an alliance of three, to work against another randomly assigned three-team alliance. So you're working against three teams that are randomly assigned before the match, and then you're working with two other randomly assigned. And that's what's important about qualification match is the randomness. You have no clue what's happening before the actual day of the competition, and you have to be able to work with others that you don't know what they can do. I imagine this goes back to what you first said about robotics, like a real world kind of company situation. Yes. Companies working together, departments working together. That Genius. That's the genius, whoever designed that. So I imagine that sometimes goes better than other times with yes. the collaborations. It's all, it's luck of the draw. And so after that, it we get ranked based on our score performance. There's something called ranking points, which would be kind of hard to um explain right now we don't have but. to describe it here so when you do these competitions where you're randomly assigned to two teams to make a trio yep. does that change throughout the day or are you stuck with them for the whole no. qualification it, you have i believe it's hard for me to remember because i'm part of two different groups where there's a different number but we have around six probably six to eight um, matches that's what one mm-hmm. run of the game is called we have six to eight matches that we run our robot, and each time it's with a different two teams. A different, uh, I gotcha. And, I'm trying to think. And you could be with someone that you're against the next time. In the Trekno Trojans, Rachel, there's a huge variety of responsibilities and roles. So, what, what area do you focus on in that? A lot of my responsibilities come from what we call like the awards team. And one of the biggest or actually the biggest award offered in FIRST Robotics competition, which is FRC, the high school version of FIRST, is called the Chairman's Award, which is based on your community involvement, your team's community involvement, and your spread of the FIRST initiative. Whoa, so so you're, so tell me what do you mean by community involvement? Give me an example of how well, our team, one of our biggest community involvements is through the Lions Club. We help them on in typical years. We help them with their Thanksgiving food basket preparations. We help them at Pomona Park for the Christmas days. We help them set up oh, Christmas so like trees and stuff. Oh, so community service stuff. Yes. Okay. And then you get an award through robotics for doing this. Yes. Not on competition day. You just kind of. Well, actually, it is associated oh, with competition day. Okay. We have Tell me. to. Our team of three has to give a. What's in total 12 minute presentation, seven minute presentation, 12, five minutes of questions. And we have to talk in the pits to the judges and write an essay and short response questions. And I am really impressed with how diverse the robotics uh, team is. It's not just a couple of people with wires making a robot and someone's driving it in a competition. That is, uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. So I'm really glad that our students are having that uh, experience at Fruitport. What's the best part of being with the Techno Trojans Fruitport Robotics team? The best part is the community that we have built. It's a family, and I get to spend time with my friends that have 
the same interests as I do in STEM, build our STEM skills, and also just spend time together. And it's just a lot of fun all together. Is the competing also part of it? Like, are you a competitive person? Yes. Yeah, so you get to compete, so that's, that's fun too. Uh, well, Rachel, so you're a senior, and then you're graduating, and you're going to go on to great things. So what's the plan for uh, university or college? What are your plans? My dream school is definitely Michigan Tech. That's where I want to go eventually, even if it's not right now. If I do end up going to MCC for two years, I still want to transition to Tech for my last year. Gotcha. So you've been accepted to Michigan Tech, yes. but you're just not sure if you're going to take the invitation there. Yes. Right? Cause, uh, good. So there's this unique situation with Fruitport students that live in Muskegon County, right, where they can attend community college at almost a free a deal if you have a good GPA. So yes. I imagine that would be part of the, the calculations that yes. you're making. So one thing that I remember uh, meeting your dad and, and you also shared was that uh, your parents and money and college, I mean, that can be like a, a big burden, right, for families to figure out how we're going to pay for this and stuff. And uh, you guys kind of had like a little math formula or something like that. Like, can you describe, I thought it was really unique. And I wonder if uh, other families do the same thing. I have kids that will be going to college soon. What was, what was uh, kind of the deal or the desire from your folks with the college and the money situation? So Yeah, my parents had... Well, mostly my dad had set um, sort of like qualifications in order for me to go away. Like a to, goal, a goal, yes. yeah, okay. In order to go away to college for my first year. Because of the Muskegon Promise, that's practically free two years with my GPA because I'm already earning that. It was not going to be worth it to go away to school my first two years unless I got a 50% or more scholarship to the school I was going to because... I don't need to come out with a mortgage. Uh, oh, uh, like the, debt, I think would yeah. be the better term. You don't want to go to school with, and have too much debt. Yes. Right? So, I mean, I think paying for college is a great investment, but you got to find a balance with not having too much debt, right? That's the case. Yeah. So, if you went to a school that the, that the, you would, uh, parents would support you if you could find half of the tuition covered in scholarships, yes. whether the school offers it or you write essays for different organizations that give scholarships. So, so that going, are you finding applying for scholarships challenging? Are you earning any scholarships yet? I mean, we're recording this in January, and and sometimes scholarships kind of you know information comes out in the spring, um, but uh, you have really impressive resume and really impressive you know. Uh, GPA and stuff, so I imagine that you'll qualify for some nice scholarships if you need to. Yeah. Um, some of the scholarship searching has been difficult because one of, I don't mean this in a bad way, but one of the only things I have going to make me desirable is the fact that I'm a woman going into STEM. I'm not from a low-income family, and I don't have a lot of hardships that people had. Gotcha. So I'm not meeting some of the criteria that they want to give out for their scholarship. So some scholarships are for uh, sons of immigrants, right? Yeah. Or daughters. Yeah. So you don't uh, meet a certain ethnic, you know, criteria. But there are other scholarships yes. too. But you're right; they're competitive and hard to find. And and let me add that it's just not fun to look for them, right? Like it's <laughs> it's not fun to apply. Uh, but uh, my experience with working with uh, kids transferring to college that. The students who put the time into it, they sometimes are very thankful yeah. and they can uh, get some impressive numbers read at the senior honors banquet where they add up all the scholarships and like, wow, that's an amazing scholarship. So, well, I'll encourage you to keep going for it and to keep trying and, 
And whether you end up at Michigan Tech in the fall or a couple of falls from now, I hope uh, it's a wonderful career with your STEM, uh, your STEM goals. Will we end all of our podcasts asking our, uh, our guests to share some advice? So to anybody listening, what would be like your best advice to share with, uh, it could I, be about anything. I would say, don't be afraid to get involved. There's so many opportunities out there and you never know what you'll find out that you end up liking. And if you don't get involved, there's a chance that you may never develop this new interest. But then also on the reverse end of that, don't be afraid to say no. Don't overexert yourself and get involved too much. Don't get involved with everything, right? Yeah. But try things and see what you like. I think that's great advice. I think a lot of kids, uh, like teenagers, are sometimes nervous to try new things. Has there been one of the things that you do now that you were nervous to start trying? I was nervous with student council. Student council. I, and then you became president <laughs> and stuck it out for four years. <laughs> it was the president position that I was completely nervous about because as an eighth grader, I didn't know if I could live up to like have all those all the responsibilities that a president needed to take care of. Well, Rachel, I was so what a pleasure it was to get to chat with you for a little bit, and uh, you know we have a you know a connection through a teacher and student, but this was a lot of fun, and I'm really impressed by all the things you do, and uh, good luck to your robotics team, the Techno Trojans. Good luck in your decisions for college and university, and uh, whatever great, beautiful things your career is going to have in front of you. Thanks for being part of the Share Chair podcast. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shared Chair Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.